sometimes you're not going to be the best player in every scenario, but it's about the ability to adapt in those situations that makes you better. So I'm a better player now, thanks to you. Oh, thank you. I didn't know this effect on you or Danny McFanny did. <laughs> Hey everybody, uh, I've got the champion and my uh, arch nemesis apparently in the game of gold who defeated me on both heads up occasions and for the championship for our, what is it, $450,000 or something. Maria Ho! What's up? What's, What's up? Did I... See, did I defeat you or did I defeat Danny McFanny, though? I think, I don't know. <laughs> you defeated one of my personas. Well, you also defeated me um, uh, after coming from a good sleep. And uh, yeah, and you defeated one of my personas, too. It's hard to defeat that, to, to defeat more than one version of me. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, like I kind of view things in kind of a crazy way, so... I actually am like kind of happy one because I think it's good. I at least think in theory it's good for women to participate more in poker because it shows like women can take on the best in the world in poker. And it's not only like a guy's game, even though actual 98% or 99% or whatever it is, is a bunch of dudes staring at each other in poker. Um, so I thought that was cool. And um, I'm curious, this must have been basically, I looked up on Hendemom, you have a 500 something thousand dollar score. I don't know what percent. If it's 100% that you kept of that. But this must have been basically one of your biggest scores, I would think, no? Yeah, it's it's definitely, I think, in my top three or five biggest scores. I mean, I have, I think, five or six other six-figure scores. I've never had a seven-figure score. So it's definitely up there. Um, and so on that end, of course, winning was great from the financial perspective. But, you know, as you mentioned, I think from a bigger, you know, macro perspective, I definitely feel like winning was good in the sense that, yes, you know, there was out of the 16 participants, only four of us were women. So I think it was nice in that sense, of course, to represent. Um, but also the competition was tough, especially in the end, um, having to face you. So it's definitely something that I'm very yeah, proud yeah, of. I think you mean. Right, right. Danny. Yeah, well, the the four leaf clovers betrayed Danny, and uh, they favored you. The luck favored you, as it turned out. Do you think it'll be positive for women to get more into poker? Do you think that's a possibility in the future? For sure. I mean, actually, I got so many messages from people who watch the show with their significant other, and they were saying, you know, the person that I'm with, you know, whether it's my wife or my girlfriend, they never like poker and they never watch poker normally, but I got them into this show and they actually really enjoyed watching poker in this format. And then when they saw, you know, you and Kaina and Olga and Nikita, they got really into it because there were women that they could be rooting for. So those were some of the messages that I got from some of the people that watched the show. So I feel like that's definitely a good sign that perhaps this show got more women interested in, in the game. And then, of course, seeing a woman win might also provide some extra motivation for them to feel like, okay, I could do it too. And 
maybe they'll take those next steps of, you know, first they go from watching the show, maybe they'll go and play some poker now for the first time. So obviously that would be the ideal scenario. Um, and it's something that I hope is continue to be encouraged, whether it's having more women be reflected in these types of competitions. Um, you know, I would be, I would love to see a competition where it's half women and half men, right? Um, I think that would be pretty cool too, just to have equal number representation and then kind of see how well we all do. Um, but yeah, I think it's just nice to be able to play with this idea of the fact that, of course, there's no real reason why women wouldn't be as good at poker as men. So um, the more of us that get into the game, I think the more we'll be able to see more women succeed in general. I think so too. Well, I guess, I mean, it would be pretty easy to tell that has like a dramatic effect on what the demographic is after uh if it's changed pretty wildly it'd be pretty interesting to see that i'm uh, curious what your experience was like or at least i'm thinking the audience is really curious especially playing on teams in a game that's typically zero sum it's kind of funny that in poker everyone always gets along pretty well in spite of winning each other's money and all that but it must have <laughs> been interesting you played on a team with me you played on a team with Fedor. Uh, what was that like? I know that you guys actually felt like you're working on a team the entire time. Is it a bit funny to use teamwork in poker? Yeah. Do you think there's more room for more collaboration when the, within the actual game? Definitely. I feel like it was really interesting to to see, to watch it back and to see how much I was rooting for my teammates, right? It's like usually in a situation, you know, yeah, maybe your friend makes the final table and then you go to the final table and you're, you're railing them and you're cheering. But in an actual game where you're also competing to root for other people in that aspect is so different from anything I think we've really experienced as poker players. And I didn't know that I would get that fired up for my teammates that, you know, when somebody took a bad beat or when there was a really crappy run out, I felt so emotionally invested as if this was happening to me, you know, which is demonstrated by the fact that I cursed a lot, right? I cursed a lot when I was watching my teammates play and when they would get a really bad river, I would be so mad and so upset. Um, but when I'm playing, I'm really stoic, right? It was so weird to see that contrast of how I was rooting for, for my teammates. Um, and yeah, I just honestly really enjoyed getting to know people better, right? Like, for example, you and me or, you know, me and Josh. Sure, we've played poker with each other, against each other, whatever you want to call it. But like, it's... It hasn't been, you know, there hasn't been that many opportunities where we've spent that kind of time together where we're essentially in a room for 10 or 12 hours. And you mentioned this in one of the interviews too, like we got to pick your brain a little bit, right? Like we got to pick Fader's brain a little bit. And so it's, it's not every day that you get that type of access to the best players in the world. It's not every day that you get to in real time hear their approach to certain strategies um, and certain, you know, elements of the game. So that was such a great experience for everybody, I think, to have that insight. And in turn, the viewers ended up getting that experience as well, right? So it was cool to just spend more time with people that I've known for so long, but I've never really gotten to know them off the table or away from the table. So I just really enjoyed that dynamic as a whole. 
So, do you think there's um, more room for this to ha to happen in actual tournaments, like in poker, typically, or it's just like a production kind of thing, thing that for typical TV shows? Yeah. So it's interesting because I feel like you know you've been around poker long enough. There were a couple of examples of which people had tried to maybe incorporate a team aspect into poker, right? We had like the Global Poker League, which I was actually a part of. We've had some people, maybe it was before their time, ahead of their time. Um, and for some reason it didn't really catch on, but I think it has to be formatted in a very specific way. I feel like in this situation, it was easier because again, it was very produced, right? There was, a, there was time to film everything and then have a lot of time to edit it. I don't know how that would translate if we try to do it in like a live real time scenario, because it could feel a little chaotic. You know, you wouldn't be able to hear what everybody's saying if you're following that many different teams. Um, but I really hope that somebody is willing to take that challenge on. I definitely think it could be done. And I think that it could really be something that would be interesting for the players and the fans of the game as well, but it's just about doing it right. So I think somebody really needs to kind of, you know, someone from a creative side, someone from a production side can probably figure out how we could do that more in real time versus in like a post edited produced show that our, that our format was. Yeah. Um, I was thinking personally, like to get like the, I'll have to have a separate podcast where people come on and talk about this. So that's my, personal idea if someone else takes that idea sure uh why not we need more of that i was thinking basically to combine like the businessmen and the pros more and get them to work together a little bit at least for high stakes um yeah. as far yeah it's been a bit tricky uh as we've seen but this was like one of the first um shows that managed to do it from what i could tell which is interesting um but uh, i think that way like, it wouldn't be such an isolating game and more people could participate in ways that uh, makes the community flourish a little bit more rather than be like there can only be so many champions right and uh it's just hard for most people to get something out of something when everyone's like basically being squeezed um oh by the way do you still have that hat i gave you <laughs> your team maria you present me this i've got you this thank you are you gonna be upset if I don't wear this? If I just... Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think maybe they lost it. I think maybe, you know, in transit between Korea and here, it got lost, but I appreciate it. But you know what? That wasn't the only gift you bought me. Like you bought me something else, which I never got. I feel like it was, it was sunglasses and yo ended up getting them. So really my question to you is where are my, where are the other gifts that you owe me? I don't think that's how gifts work. I don't think gifts are owed, but I'll tell you what. I'll think of something else since um, apparently you didn't like the other the one. I thought it was really suit uh, really fit you though, um, but it's uh, yeah. Well, I'll think of something else. I was gonna get you like a scarf or something. I thought, I feel like you're a scarf person. I'll take it. Send it my way. <laughs> you don't sound that enthusiastic. I was trying to get a read. Um, okay, well, <laughs> we we learned that she, that Maria is not really a scarf person, so that's good. Um, how did it compare to other poker shows that are other uh, shows that you're on? Because I know you're on The Amazing Race mm -hmm. um, and you've been involved with production and been in the spotlight a bit. 
uh, more in the mainstream eye than most people, I think. Um, would you say this was a similar experience to that? Or um, would you say the show was just totally different? Yeah, it's funny. I would say in some ways it was similar. Like, obviously, being on The Amazing Race, there was this element, again, of not knowing what to expect. And The Amazing Race was a show where, you know, every morning we would wake up and we would have no idea what we would have to do, where we would have to go. Um, so there was a little bit of this in Game of Gold as well, because, you know, I think a lot of people have already talked about this, but they didn't really give us any information. They didn't really tell us what games we would be playing, how heavily it would focus on poker. We didn't know if the challenges would include any physical challenges as well. Um, and we didn't even really know who else was going to be there, who we would be competing against. So in that sense, that element of surprise and the anxiety that comes with maybe not knowing what is going to happen, that was very much a part of this experience as well. I would say The Amazing Race was a lot more physical though. You know, on Amazing Race, we did physical challenges as well as mental challenges, whereas this ended up being primarily poker focused um, or card game focused. Um, so in that sense, I felt more comfortable d doing this, right? Because it wasn't as out of my element in the sense of like, at the end of the day, when we sit down at the poker table, even if all of the other factors are different, you know, even if we're in a team dy dynamic or we're playing against somebody that we've never played against before, we still know the game of poker like the back of our hand, right? So, so in some senses, I felt comfortable here, but in some other senses, it was still very much that, that drama or that buildup of like not knowing what's going to happen next. Um, but I think what I love the most, just going back to a question you already asked, is the thing I love the most about this show compared to other shows I've been on, compared to other poker streams that I've done, um, is just the team element. I think that made all of the difference. Um, and also hearing what everybody had to say after the fact um, about not only you, but other people, you don't really get to know what other people think about your game very often, right? It's like, sure, maybe somebody has you fish tagged online, but you don't ever get to see that. You don't ever know these things, <laughs> but you get to finally hear it. Um, to hear kind of what your peers think about the plays that you're making or your game in general. So that's always interesting. You know, that definitely provides a little element of, um, you know, um, drama and, and, you know, it, it definitely probably caused some people to feel a little bit insecure about their game to hear somebody who's very, very good at the game or someone who they respect, maybe not speak so highly of them. So what did you hear? What, uh, what was the feedback? <laughs> Um, are you happy with how you played? I am pretty happy with how I played. Um, you know, I think that I've always been really open about my general strategy is I started playing poker before um, online was very popular, before the big online boom, um, before uh, solvers came out. Like just, just there was so little information when I first started playing um, compared to the, the information and resources that's out there now. So I feel like I've always tried to straddle the line of like, I was a live player first, but I tr I've definitely tried to put in some work and study and try to keep up and evolve with the game. Um, but I do love the human element. I love the psychological element of the game. I love 
the exploits that you can make in game that give you that extra little bit of edge. Um, so I've always tried to balance those two, you know, um, I've never claimed to be the most well-studied poker player, but I've definitely put in my time as well. Like I understand that those are elements to my game that will only enhance my play. Um, so I think overall I am happy with the way I played. And as far as like what I heard people say, I, I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, anything that was negative, I tried not to take it personally because I have to remember that people are watching it while they see the whole cards. And that already creates some type of like cognitive bias when they're judging somebody's play when they already know what their opponents have, right? Even I was guilty of that. Um, and then also, you know, I think, I think overall it, it felt like what people said was usually positive, pretty accurate. There was nothing that I, you know, felt really upset about by any means. Um, and I also think I like to own the fact that this is every time I play poker, it's a learning experience, right? Playing you heads up in the end was, you know, by far the toughest heads up match I've ever played in my life. Not that I've played that many because as an MTT player, you know, I don't specialize in heads up. So I have to get into a scenario where I am finally heads up with somebody for me to gain that experience. And so even though you played amazing and like, I feel lucky to have gotten out of there alive, I took away so much playing against you heads up. And in the future, I'm going to be a better player when I get into that scenario because I played you, you know? So, so I try not to have a big ego about it, right? Like I went in there feeling like we're super deep stacked. Jungle obviously has a huge edge here, but I feel really proud of the fact that I held my own, you know, like for example, you were three betting me at such a high frequency that I knew that I needed to start, like I needed to start calling wider in position against your three bets. You know, I, I didn't want to be overfolding to your three bets. Once I knew how often you were three betting, like adjustments that I made to try to stay in the game, right. To try to hold my own against you. I felt like I was able to do that. So in that sense, I am proud, you know, I'm never going to stand up here and say that I'm better at heads up than you or Danny McFanny, but I am super proud of the fact that I can go up against the best and hold my own. And sometimes that's all you could do, right? Um, sometimes you're not going to be the best player in every scenario, but it's about the ability to adapt in those situations that makes you better. So I'm a better player now, thanks to you. No, oh, thank you. I didn't know I had this effect on you, or Danny McFanny did. Yeah, Danny <laughs> Who McFanny has a way as is quite charming. Um, so, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all the poker variants are quite complicated. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the people judging might forget that, you know, doing something's a lot harder than spectating it. Let's just put it like that. I just find it so funny For when sure. people, I personally find it really funny when people talk a lot of shit and don't actually do something. It's, not, it's kind of a big pet peeve of mine. I want to ask, uh, uh, who was your, uh, favorite character on the show? Um, who or who did you get along with uh, or not get along with on the show? That's actually two questions. <laughs> I think three. that my favorite characters on the show, I would say, is Josh and you when you were awake. You know, like a sleep jungle, <laughs> not as entertaining. I think everybody could agree with that. But when jungle okay, is awake, sure. he's pretty entertaining. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> like... 
I feel like when you were super fired up, like there was a point I think where things turned for you where you were like, oh yeah, like I'm in this competition. Like there's money to be won. Like, and, it, and you oh, yeah. started getting really into the game. I think in the beginning you weren't that into it because you know, I don't think you really knew what you got yourself into and you're like, okay, what am I kind of doing here? But then I think later on you really got into it. And I think that's when people really got to see the, the fun character that you, that you turn on in those situations. And Josh was just great because I think Josh was really honest, really authentic. Um, and, and I think Josh is just one of those people that's very comfortable with who he is. And those are always the best people to watch, you know, and, and special shout out to Kina for just being really real and relatable. And I think we always need somebody on that show who's kind of willing to, to just put themselves out there and not be afraid of, of being judged. Um, as far as anybody I didn't get along with, I don't feel like I did. I feel like I got along with everyone, to be honest, because, you know, there were quite a few people I didn't spend any time with. Right. For example, you know, Charlie, David, Andy, Olga, Nikita, like we were never on the same team. So I almost never spoke to them during the filming of the show. Um, so it's hard to say that I didn't get along with anybody because I didn't really spend that much time with half of the people. And then the other half of the people that I did spend time with, I thought we got along really well. So. Yeah, I figured. Um, very healthy. It's hard for healthy people to get into disagreements so that's more entertaining to watch or to investigate um yeah most of the people on the show don't really get into disagreements i'm like a bit more combative uh so <laughs> i might occasionally it's pretty rare actually um but uh yeah otherwise um yeah i mean speaking of kinda actually there was a hand that you played against her i'm curious if your thought process was hand this will be um, so there was a, it was, you were playing her heads up and you like raised the flop in a three bit pot. Do you remember this hand? And yeah. With the queen eight when she had like, ace king. Yeah. Something like that. She had like ace king high and you had queen, you had like a gut shot. I'm curious, uh, what made you decide to barrel the turn? Was this just, is this just a Maria Ho bluff or what? <laughs> I was, I was, that, that, that hand got my attention. I was like, that was why I was falling asleep. Everything was so boring. And then that hand, I was like, what? <laughs> okay. That was kind of what happened. Like when when I see something unorthodox, it like really lights me up. But most of the time, I just see boring ass shit. I'm like, whatever, I don't care. Um. So, but yeah, what what happened there? I mean, I think I have to start with just the fact that you know, kind of made it very clear to everybody that she was a little less experienced than some of the other players, and that maybe she felt a little bit overwhelmed by the the pressure of that situation. And so I already knew that when I would play heads up against her, that I would be calling, you know, wider pre uh, uh, when I was in position against her, because I felt like I have more experience post and I felt really comfortable post. So I was just gonna take a lot more flops. So generally speaking, like when she three bets there, um, I, I don't call queen eight offsuit normally, but in that spot, again, just kind of my pregame strategy against her, I had already thought that that's what I would be doing. So I did. Um, and then, yeah, on the flop, it was like, based on what I had seen of her play, right? She C bets at a pretty high frequency. So I'm always going to just attack 
somebody who I feel like is seabedding maybe too much. Um, and I also had some backdoor potential with my hand. I, I think, I believe the eight with the eight, there was like a backdoor straight possibility and a backdoor flush possibility as well. So I think that's kind of why I decided to take the ex aggressive stance in that hand. And then on the turn, I, I think I turned additional equity and, you know, once Again, there was a lot of things about her body language. There was a lot of things about just her overall demeanor in that hand that made me feel like she was quite weak. And I also didn't think that it was like a reverse tell because again, I think when somebody is a little bit more inexperienced, I, I think that it's tough for them to be able to do all of the other meta game things in that moment because they're already just so focused because of the pressure, because of the pressure that's being put on them. Um, so yeah, just things that she was giving off that made me feel like she was weak in the hand. So that's why I continue to barrel. And I think that was just like, a, again, it was, there was a little bit of strategy that I had devised going into my headset match. And I felt like very comfortable that I could implement and execute that based on what I've seen from her and based on how she was playing against me. Well, um, the online poker players have a way of saying this that is a little bit less uh, formal, which is basically you believe that you could take her to the streets and that was your plan. <laughs> play a little street poker with her and play some queen eight offsuit versus three bets. Um, For sure. <laughs> I I mean, I like there are definitely things that were just obviously not reverse tells. Like she was like laughing like after you three better and in an obvious or nervous laughter. I thought that was like, like there's any kind of like tell that's this kind of, well, it's usually often like tells where people give away that aren't when they're not really like paying like a lot of attention to their behavior quite reliable. But that one was like really a giveaway. It's just really hard to like, I just think people just aren't going to laugh like that with the nuts. It's, it's pretty rare. I mean, there are exceptions, of course, but they're usually the weirdos. Um, yeah, I mean, all that made sense to me. I was just curious about that particular hand. But uh, apparently you did. You did take her to the streets. Uh, some street poker gets me a bit more excited than watching people sure. play boring-ass style. <laughs> but yes, congrats on your victory. Um, congrats on taking down my alter ego and, and being very political about it. And, uh, I mean, you could have also talked a little bit of shit. But I'll take all the compliments, too. That's nice. Uh, yeah, I, it's I like hard to talk shit, like Jungle. You're, it's it's hard to talk no, shit. No, you know, no, like no. that day I came out as the winner, but definitely if we played that heads up match a hundred times, like you're going to beat me more than I'm going to beat you, and that's just a fact. But like, I think that's the thing that people need to remember is is that there's so much ego and so much bravado in poker. Everybody always just wants to feel like they're the absolute best. And for me, it's like, if I continue to know that there's more things I can learn about the game, that's how I'm going to get better. And that's how I'm going to continue to level up. Saying that you're at the top doesn't make you at the top. Thinking that you're at the top doesn't make you at the top. Like you got to put in the work and putting in the work sometimes means playing against players that are better than you. But you know, like I said, I, I feel like, you know, I, I'm very honest about my skill set and my game, um, especially compared to other people. So, you know, if I thought I was better than you at Heads Up Jungle, I would definitely say so. <laughs> well, you're battling me at like 200, 400 too. You're trying to get my money. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing. Um, 
All, yeah, uh, I mean, it should be inversely correlated with how often, with how much you might say that you're the best compared to, it should be, yeah, definitely negatively correlated because, um, like, if people were saying it all the time for you, you wouldn't have to say it. Uh, you would say it if you, like, if you're saying it, if you're trying to anchor people towards something or trying to release that, like, inner, inner desire to become it rather than get the outward validation from it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely you're right about the mentality. Uh, you definitely, like, it's very important to always keep an open mind towards learning new things and go out there and try them actually is a big thing as well. Um, I want to emphasize that studying is really important too. That's actually something I should do more of, um, for becoming really good. And yeah, that's nice little, uh, nice addendum to reminder for the, other players of what they should do to become a little bit better in a nutshell. Um, and anything else you'd like to say to all the aspiring game of gold champions, maybe even to get on a show, um, because that's a feed in of itself out there before we finish up here. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people have asked me like, Oh yeah, I want to be on the show and this that, and the other. And I just have to say like, just, I don't know what the casting process is going to be next time. You know, I know for our season, they met with all of us individually. Maybe there will be some type of video submission process for the next time around, because obviously a lot of people seem to be interested in being on the show. I mean, I know this is going to sound super, super trite, but just be yourself, right? I feel like they're looking for all types of people and all types of players. They are not just looking for the best of the best. They're not just looking for people who are already household names. They're definitely looking for a player who's just starting out, somebody that maybe no one's ever heard of. Like, I feel like they're really looking for diverse types of people. So just like be yourself and be authentic and honest with your story and your journey. Um, it's not about, you know, how much you have on your Hendon mob. It's just really about if you're a fighter, like if you're a competitor, I think all of the best people on this show were competitors at heart. You could see their competitive spirit come out. And I feel like that's the most exciting thing to watch. Um, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of like how you get on any of the show, but I, I want to add a little bit to that because like, kind of, I mean, a lot of people will think, well, you know, I'm, I am being myself and it's not working kind of thing. Um, I think it's really important to kind of like, uh, how do you say, like polarize in some kind of way or like go down or like embrace certain like niche aspects of yourself. Like the, the thing of being totally. a competitor and um, someone who is competitive and really has a lot of emotion in that area um is one such thing um and that is really good for not just tv but actually every um i mean it's conflict is one of some kind of conflict is necessary for any kind of show to be entertaining um any kind of cartoon or whatever it is and um i mean there's other things too but uh like if poker you know the good news is that poker has a lot of guys that just aren't really doing anything and they're just some other guy and uh you know, just, you know, even being like a woman helps a bit just because there's so many dudes here. And uh, a lot of them aren't really standing out much at all uh, because it's uh, a lot of the game does benefit robotic kind of logic um, to to use to analyze and execute on. But uh, if you can 
go beyond that lo uh, robotic logic and embrace something that's a little bit more colorful and that um, it has a more unique aspect that has some emotion attached to it, then that will uh, gain a lot more attention. And I think that's what one way of explaining this idea of be yourself to people that are a little bit, uh, or find that to be that statement to be a little bit opaque. That's just my Definitely. interpretation. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that advice. I love the advice of just kind of like highlighting the most interesting parts of yourself and not being afraid to show parts of yourself that you might think is not, is not, you know, normal or like whatever, like those are going to be the most interesting parts of yourself, right? Is the ones that maybe other people don't get to see as often. Um, and, uh, some people won't like it, but who cares? Those people. Yeah. Um, anything else you'd like to say, Maria, before we go? No, it's just, it's just good to reconnect with, uh, my nemesis, you know? It's good to chat. Yeah, well, it's good to have a nemesis, you know? It's, it's so <laughs> friendly. Yeah. Like like a little bit, little bit of some nemesis action. But, um, yes, uh, thank you for your time, Maria. Until next time, you actually knocked me out in the uh, bounty tournament in Bahamas. I did. <laughs> you can't bounty. escape me. You cannot <laughs> escape me. That's it. I have your number I mean, that's, forever that's just, for that's... the rest of your days. <laughs> I, own your I, uh... I own your soul. I own your soul.